body composition, performance, and optimal health are not the same things. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I wish my younger self could process and understand because you could have abs, you could be super lean, but your performance could be completely shite. Hello and welcome to In The Changing Room, a podcast all about women in sport. My name is Sissy Radford and I've made this podcast as a way of celebrating women involved in sport. I believe sport has the power to change lives and I hope that this podcast will show you how. I strongly believe that participating in sport empowers women and the lessons learned in sports will help us win beyond the field. In each episode of this podcast, I am going to be interviewing some amazing women and asking them to share three ways that sport has changed them. My guest today is Trisha Yap. Trisha, amongst many other things, is recognised as one of the most accomplished health and fitness experts in Hong Kong. As a strength coach, a wellness entrepreneur and functional medicine health coach, she is an advocate for female empowerment and a key influencer in the women's wellness space in Hong Kong. She is also a public speaker, and after listening to this episode, I highly advise you to follow the link in the bio of this episode to her TED Talk on her remarkable story. She was Hong Kong's first professional female MMA fighter and was a coach on VU TV's groundbreaking reality show on MMA called G1 Fight Club. CNN described Trisha as a fitness guru that helps women break their boundaries, and I knew that I needed to get her on this podcast to hear her wisdom. So, Trisha, well. (laughs) Thank you. I don't know about wisdom. (laughs) Experience. (laughs) For sure, I think it's the same. I want to start with this MMA reality show. I'm so intrigued. I'm fascinated. Do you know, I haven't watched a single episode. I watched a a trailer and maybe like one scene and I cringed so much at myself that I couldn't keep on going. So you were judging other people. Yeah, so the whole premise was to take um, uh, eight like girls off the street in Hong Kong and turn them into amateur MMA fighters. I love it. And so they did. They took um, they took a couple of singers, some models, a girl that um, does inline skating. She was amazing, by the way. Uh, yeah, and and they basically put these these poor girls through <laughs> six months of grueling training. Oh my gosh, that's long. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, got them to fight each other. <laughs> and you jumped. Which, yeah, yeah, which was, I was like, you know what, I'm in. <laughs> this sounds like a great TV show. Uh, yeah, I really want to watch it. Yeah. And there's a winner there. What yeah, did they win? Yeah, um, well, fame and glory. <laughs> but MMA fighting Anyway, without the reality TV show, I think is incredibly impressive. What co- all that comes to my mind is a-, a lot of blood in a cage, to be honest. No, it's actually not. It's not like that. Really? It, really, it, it isn't. I mean, I'd say that, you know, it's a stir fry of all these different martial arts, right? Right. And so, yes, there is there is blood, um, but, I, it, you know, it, it, it depends on the fight. Like, it... The, the the ones that draw blood or break your nose, they're they're actually not very clean punches. Right. They're they're the ones that kind of graze your you know, your eyebrow in a yeah. weird way and yeah. then it just splits open, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Like mm-hmm. if you if you do eat a pretty decent punch, like you're 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 out. You're on the really? floor. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, and you know, it's happened to me like once or twice in training. 
So you kind of like, you kind of wake up and you're like, whoa, hi. In training? Is that like your coach did it? What do you mean in training? (laughs) It shit happens. (laughs) All right. The worst one was um, I got kicked uh, in the liver by this guy that was like 110 kilos. Like he didn't mean to kick me. He just... And he doesn't didn't probably need to put much power into it. I just dropped like a dead oh. bat, like, dead <laughs> bat. <laughs> like you're there's so much adrenaline anyway when you're fighting. You don't realize what you know, what mm-hmm. you, what you took in terms of punches or kicks or Do you just have yeah. like the survival instinct that kinda of just takes over? Just yeah. like a... everything's just high adrenaline because uh-huh, yeah. it, it's what? It's three minutes, three rounds, like no, sorry, five minutes, three rounds. Right, one minute rest. So you're you're just going. Like th- there's no time to think about. Yeah. Oh my god, this or oh my god that. You're you're an autopilot. Oh my god. So no, it was um, it it was a really fun part of my life. I bet. Yeah, and I never woke up one day and said I want to fight MMA. Like I started off um, needing to just get rid of extra energy. I was just about to ask how you got into this, how it started. Broke a couple of keyboards at work. Um, <laughs> I was playing touch rugby at the time and someone suggested to me that perhaps either I needed to look at actual rugby or oh, um, you had some extra or some rugby. sort of martial art. <laughs> you, so when you say you broke keyboards at work, through ag- like through aggression? Like, um, I, apparently I have heavy hands when I clearly <laughs> I was always moonlighting um, in sport. Like I think just from when I was a kid. So my parents um, divorced when I was 11, 12. Uh, I didn't want to spend a single second at home. Mm-hmm. So I tried to do every extracurricular activity possible. <laughs> I tried softball, baseball, swimming, athletics, hockey, netball, basketball, oh my gosh. everything yeah. I could to just not be home. Mm. Um, so my schedule ended up being... Uh, uh, 5 a.m. wake up for 5.30 a.m. swimming training. I go oh to school, come back. Uh, actually, no, go to school, stay on because there was either netball or, you know, softball or one of the other sports, hockey mm-hmm. um, or art or whatever. And then I'd, then I'd have swimming training at 7 p.m. And I'd get into bed exhausted. And that was pretty much what I wanted to do during my teens because... Um, it was more of an outlet. Like, I didn't want to be home. I didn't want to stay home. Mm-hmm. So when I went to university, I became this real lazy slob. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe you. I, I did. I did. I found drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that's bad for you. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's also a national sport in Australia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, so, I think I can make the national season <laughs> through enjoyment alone. I know. So um, I, I, I kind of like hung up my togs, um, yeah. put my netball away and went, all right, let's go, guys, beer pong. <laughs> still sporty. Yeah, I know, still sporty. Did a couple of years of that, decided that, okay, now my pants don't fit. Um, what's happening? Right, I really need to. I really need to chill out, and I dragged myself back to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then, uh, one of my training buddies was a um, ex rugby guy, mm-hmm. and so you know, I, I remember the first time I went out, with, went training with him. I got through the warm up, and I went, "All right, that's it, right?" <laughs> and he's like, 
we just warmed up. <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> You're ready to go to the bar. <laughs> I know. Like, probably 10 litres of water later. <laughs> like, oh, my God. I was God. like, wow, I like this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Oh. So I kept that up um, and for, you know, all through work, uh, through sort of starting my graduate job and that took me over to Hong Kong mm-hmm. and kept it up. And I'd always, always wanted to be um, an instructor because I look at those guys and they're, you know, they look amazing. They have so much confidence. Um, they have so much energy. And mm-hmm. you're like, you're like, wow, like I've always wanted to be that person. Mm-hmm. But then um, I was somebody who struggled with a lot of self-confidence issues from when my parents got divorced all the way up till um, I'd say my late 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I actually had just ruled out that line of work because I was like, I'm automatically not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not blonde, blue eyed. I don't have abs. Um, I don't have legs that go, you know, forever long. <laughs> um, and I don't have the confidence to stand in stage, mm-hmm. on stage and, you know, and, and do that with people. And I definitely don't have the coordination. And I literally said, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't. Right, and I just went, right. I'm just a, you know, an office rat. Right, and that was so not me. And that's kind of when I found boxing, and mm-hmm. that's when I started boxing. And because I started in martial arts, it's a weight class based sport, right? So you have to make a certain weight um, in order to, well, if you wanted to fight in that weight class, you had to make it in right. order to, to compete. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I think my first couple of weight cuts were easy. Right, just you just do the calories in, calories out mm-hmm. thing, which is not hard when you're training twice a day, six days a week. Yeah, right. Well. Um, but then, as I was kind of nearing the end of my twenties, um, I found that that stopped working. I started doing a keto diet um, that you know I was asked to by my coach then. Right, to see, you know, he he was very much like, oh, I've trained MMA fighters before. Um, you should go on a keto diet, which today I f- I would never put any fighter on that mm. um, and I had and I got to a point where I was waking up really early coaching I was super stressed with the business because it was effectively 24-7 and everything was kind of like go hard go home even my training was go hard go home I was trying to do the whole uh, bodybuilding thing to look aesthetically good because that was the pressure that I was getting I was getting from my business partner back then Mm. Um, I was trying to train for my sport I was trying to uphold like a relationship then marriage Um, and it you know it it just all kind of came to a head and my my period stopped um, mm. I had three miscarriages by 2015, oh my um, and it, those were heartbreaking. Uh, I was waking up in the morning flat, going to sleep flat. Uh, I literally needed so many um, uh, supplements to put me to bed. I needed even more supplements to wake me up, and I was like, "This is not normal." Mm. And my period was all over the place. Like I, some months I'd never got a period. Others I did. And you know, when you're in when you're in that age, actually, even before you think about babies, um, you know, you, having a period is kind of like you know, you're like, "Oh, again, why?" The most it? annoying it's thing in the world. Annoying. I <laughs> yeah. don't want it. Mm-hmm. And then when it doesn't come, you're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 yeah." yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. And if I could have just smacked myself on the head for all those times I thought that, I was like, woohoo, it's not here. Um, I, yeah, I would just redo that entire period. But, you know, you make mistakes, you learn, right? Um, so the reason why I say all this is that's kind of how I got into wellness, right? Mm. Because at the start, I was fitness. I was about strength, um, about being, you know, getting lean, getting strong. And then the wellness bit came later because I was like, wait, hang on a second. I'm, my deadlift was 120 kilos off the floor for a rep. You know, it might not be much in today's terms, but back then, yeah, you, mm. you don't get women lifting triple digits. And, and social media has changed that, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you're getting, uh, you know, I was like on a Dex, uh, DEXA scan. I don't know if you've done one of those, but they're like an X-ray. Okay. Right, and I was I was twenty one percent body fat, which is really really low on a DEXA scan because it's a seven minute X ray. Wow. You literally, yeah, you literally get to see your lean um, body mass versus wow. your bone density and your bones um, versus your fat. And I was just obsessed with that. Right. I was obsessed with that. I was obsessed with um, numbers on the scale. Uh, you know, I, I was obsessed with numbers in general. Like I had a spreadsheet that looked like a financial forecast oh of every possible scenario that could happen between Monday and Sunday. And I had a different food plan for that. <gasps> yeah, I carried a scale with me. Um, I had, I still have this gigantic back, backpack with seven slots for meals. <gasps> and yep. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yes, yep. Yep, I know. You're like, look at me going, oh my God, you wow. are completely OCD. Yep. But I mean, it's I mean, it's easy to get obsessed with things like that, isn't oh, it? Oh, super easy. Because mm. I, I placed a lot of, um, I think I put myself on that whole like, okay, I'm not good enough and therefore I have to be the leanest, be the strongest, be this, be that. Um, but what I didn't realize is that, you know, body composition, performance, and optimal health are not the same things. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I wish my younger self could process and understand because you could have abs, you could be super lean, but your performance could be completely shite. Mm. I mean, there, I remember there was one um, MMA fight that I had. I didn't even remember weighing in. I was that skinny. I had cut down to 58.9 kilos. Um, and I generally walk around at 67 kilos. So mm. you can just imagine what that looked like. I was a figure of a shadow of myself. Mm. Um, and no, it's it's not healthy. Yeah, and, and actually I probably didn't perform as well as I could have. Um, but at the same time is that if you want things in life outside of super high level sport if you want your you know if you want your hormones to work right and why why should we even think about that well because you know at some point you might want kids mm-hmm. right you might want to not be completely intolerant to everything mm-hmm. you might want to have a life um, with you know with friends with family be able to go out without having to call restaurants ahead of time to double check what ingredients they have no you and didn't. To, yes I did oh wow <laughs> oh my right? gosh and and you you want that right and mm. you, you you don't want to be stressed out about every facet of life no. you know and and that's the thing so 
the so that's how I got into more the wellness side of it because one of the things that I didn't realize or I didn't know and maybe it wasn't put to me um, in a way that resonated is that all the things that involve you know recovery involve having a, a you know a more regular menstruation cycle um, digestion right sleep all of that mm. is very much it happens in in a state where you are relaxed mm-hmm. right and you're not on this fight or flight mode 99% of the time mm-hmm. um, so that's how I kind of decided okay well wow this is super relevant um, this is a whole bucket of fish which I never even thought of looking at mm. um, and I dove into it and that was probably <coughs> 2013 14 to now mm. because it's interesting I find it all so so interesting but it's really only in the last I don't know maybe a year or so it's even been on my radar because for so long health and fitness has meant what you look like right and your body image not what's going on with your gut or yeah. how much sleep you're getting or how stressed you are anything like that but it all is hugely a massive related right skin hair and nails mm. can tell a whole host of signs really yeah so like um so for example when i assess a client i mean i don't tell them that i'm like looking for things sure, like I, you know it's but i notice things like mm-hmm. you know super dry skin on elbows and heels heels for example could signify a bad gut because it's there's too much gluten there mm. um red rings around the nose is a vitamin b2 and b6 deficiency right food intolerances show up it could show up as rashes it could show up as hives it could even show up as dark circles under your eyes that you can't get rid of mm. right um people with mitochondrial dis- dysfunction so if, if um, and that's actually not a great sign at all because that our mitochondria keeping them um, healthy and turned over frequently they're the uh, they're the factories in our cells that give us energy so people with chron- chronic fatigue they may have one slightly droopy eyelid versus the other mm. right so there are all these little signs um, skin tags or uh, lines in the back of your neck mm-hmm. um, could signify an inability to manage blood sugar properly oh my yeah so yeah so you have to almost fascinating. It's, it's fascinating yeah. right how um, do you stop yourself just looking at everything I, <laughs> <laughs> my, I just got to be looking my like partner hates me <laughs> <laughs> okay so let's talk about the three ways that sport has changed you or enhanced you and the first one you said which you sort of touched on before which the sport uh helped you when you had no confidence in yourself oh absolutely tell me i I, so I remembered when it all kind of came together for me. So I was really shit at moving when I was growing up. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I think I must have, with as with every 10, 11 year old, you know, you're, you're still growing into your body. Like your legs have become longer. You don't know why. Like you're, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're like, whoa, what happened? You know, I was, I was one of the first ones in the class to kind of like be on the taller side of things. Mm. So, you know, if you said to me, like, go left, I'd go right. And then, yeah, <laughs> you can just imagine like my PE teacher was like, and PE back then for me was really a lot of gymnastics Mm. and I am not built like a gymnast (laughs) (laughs) I am not compact (laughs) I'm the opposite of compact and so um, it was very much a you know I think combined with um, 
what we ha- what was happening with my family. Plus, we also moved a lot. Like we we were relocating pretty much between um, Australia and Malaysia, then Malaysia to Australia, and then Australia back to Malaysia. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very much you lose your friends each time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was also so I'm an '80s baby, so that was back in the days of the um, the supermodels, mm-hmm. right? And and there was outside of Naomi Campbell, there's like no other ethnic mm-hmm. model. So you have this image of what beauty is, mm-hmm. but you're not that. Yeah. Right. And I suppose in sport, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, I remembered we're doing athletics one day and they were like, okay, this is, we're all going to teach you kids how to long jump. And I think I broke the school record <laughs> just with my first jump. I didn't know. I was like, oh, was that it? <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, because everyone was staring, the PE teacher was like, where the hell did that come from? <laughs> it's those long legs. Yeah, no, normally, normally, <laughs> yeah, normally she's like, you know, she's forgotten her swimsuit. Yeah. Yeah, like forgotten the PE shorts. <laughs> um, it's like move left, no move right, no your other left. <laughs> and you broke right. a record. Um, yeah, so I actually held my school's record um, for long jump for yeah, I, I, you know, and and that gave me this little bit of oh my gosh, I'm not so crap with life, mm. right? And that kind of spurred me to do all the other sports, no matter how good or bad I was at was at it because mm. I was like wow like, I, I managed to do something today this mm. is not normal yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> right and um, I ended up being on the you know on, on the teams for swimming for athletics and um, I was in an international school at the time so and this was in Malaysia and so we were traveling all around and, and I was like this is amazing and mm. that brought me confidence because otherwise I think I was very much um, you know very much like on the fringe of you know and I wasn't part of the cool group I was one of the kids where the parents was like you know you're not allowed out you're not allowed mm. to stay over this. you're not allowed to do anything you mm-hmm. just have to study um, and that so yeah so it definitely gave me confidence and again I, I every single time I go back to doing sport to doing weightlifting like it gives me that boost of mm. like oh yeah no I I can do something and yeah. I always say to my clients look what you did today Right. You told me this was impossible before. So can you imagine this to you, maybe six months ago, maybe a year ago, you you said to me, Trish, that's impossible. So today you've done the impossible. So what can you do with the rest of your day, with the rest of your week? Right. I love that. And, and that's what sport gave It's gave amazing me. how we can use yeah. sport to translate into other areas, isn't it? The confidence that we get just from, even if we fail in sport, right? even if we yeah. don't get a record, even if we don't achieve what we wanted to, but the confidence in trying something, which I think as women is key. Oh, huge. Mm. I mean, the, in martial art, like I was saying to you earlier, um, in training camps, you're, you know, the moment they see you as, as a female, they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> you're like oh yeah here's a girl that is such a school attitude of I like know. we don't want the girl on our team no <laughs> or if you're a girl showing up to a boxing class I mean I did that I went to London I went to this um, to this gym I mean bless them they were amazing at the end of it but it was funny because they were they're very much going did you realize um, you signed up for an advanced class there's sparring um, sparring is when two people are practicing um, the fight. I was like, 
Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's like, 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 I, I, I was like, oh, okay. And they're like, have you boxed before? I was like, oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, they were like, oh, shut up. <laughs> why, did, why didn't you just slap us in the face? <laughs> but it's annoying that that assumption that we might have accidentally walked into the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, madam, were you looking for the shopping mall? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So annoying. But we need to carry that confidence with us as women as well as we do new things, we take new jobs, we we change and we grow and whatever, we just exactly. need. And I always say it's better to set the expectation that you can't and then completely exceed it mm. than to go in with guns blasting, you know, like like some guys do. I'm being nice here. Oh, testosterone. <laughs> I can do anything. I am man. Yeah. <laughs> Your second way was that uh, sport has taught you that in effort, everyone is equal. And you said, no matter what people wear, what they look like or what their background is or who they are, Effort makes everyone equal. I yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, we see it all the time. In, in When you're in your fitness gear, it doesn't matter who you are. I mean, you don't know that that person is, a, you know, that person could be a construction worker or a secretary or they work in, they work as a or lawyer. CEO like they, yeah, yeah, you don't know. Everyone's mm. just in leggings yeah. <laughs> or shorts. And yeah. It's all in different colors. Mm-hmm. And it's about, you know, it's about, oh, yeah, I like your legging style. <laughs> right. um, and then it... And then I post that it comes down to how much that person's trying because mm-hmm. it you know that when you look at particularly group classes and you, you look at all the different people um, you give you know you give props to the people that are not just performing but the ones you can tell are just busting their asses to just get there mm. right and versus someone who's just like sitting going no 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 I don't want to do it I can't do it no no you know, and and just not taking that step of faith or that leap of faith, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think you know when you look at that, you go, "Wow, um, that person could be a complete high flyer in something else." And because they just don't want to put in the effort, or they don't want to be a bit of a team player in that sense, nobody nobody gets mm-hmm. yeah. right. And you see all these communities that are built by sport. It's not because um, it's not because of who you are in your daily life. It's because wow, you know, you threw a ball to someone else who managed to score a goal, or mm. you know, you're just a super nice person. Like it, it's it's based off effort. It's based off personality characteristics that are not to do with how much money you have in the bank, what car you drive, um, what clothes you wear outside of awesome leggings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, awesome leggings. <laughs> I love it. I love the idea that sport is a is an equalizer of people, yeah. and it's true. Like when yeah. you go and do an ev- that's a class, let's say at the gym, yeah. with no idea who's in there. You could be in there with somebody very, very, very important, and you never know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're just like, oh, that person's not trying. Yeah. <laughs> and do you think as women we have a different? Um, uh, approach to effort? Do you think we subconsciously put in more because we know that we're sort of starting behind a bit? Or do you think we sometimes put in less because we're maybe anticipating we're not going to do so well? That's a really good question. I think a lot's driven by confidence in emotion. Mm. Right. Um, 
when I do coach women, I find that emotion and their state of mind and where they're currently at in, in their state of mind is really important um, to, you know, to, to perhaps in a way, uh, maybe it affects your effort, but it, but, hmm, but I, I, I don't think that, you know, women hold like we and actually I don't think anybody holds themselves back deliberately Mm. right it's just about um it's the coach's role to almost put it in a way that they understand what kind of effort they need what kind of result that they're you know perhaps going to get or the objective of what they're doing is um because I could you know I could put someone through a um a circuit style workout, for example, or um, you know, for or for lack of a, a better, uh, a bit of like a modified giant set. So giant sets where you do um, exercises one after the other, and it's meant to deplete glycogen. But mm. if I say that to somebody, oh, we're, we're going to do five different <laughs> exercises meant to deplete glycogen, they're going to be like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Like guys like are just going to be like depletion. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, women are just going to give me like this blank look. Like, don't care. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> or ask you a million questions. What does that mean? What will that look like? Exactly. What yeah. will that feel And so I, I do think sometimes it's to do with framing. Mm. Um, and then other times it's to do with what's happening outside of training. Mm. Right. And and. I, I know that for myself. Like, I know that when I'm not um, having a great day, sometimes that could translate to an amazing training session or that could translate to a god-awful training session mm. and then I just end up putting gloves on and hitting a bag. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Which always makes things better, regardless. Yeah, yeah. I bet. What an outlet. Yeah, but, um, but it could be stuff that's going on in their lives. And sometimes it's just a... I've pulled people out of... Tr- coaching uh, or training rather um once in a while because they come in and we have a bit of a chat I warm them up and and they just don't look like they're there at all right and that's that is just alarm bells for either you put them through um, what I call dumb exercises so exercises that can't possibly injure them or it's very much that you just go through the motions or what I prefer sometimes to do is to take them for coffee Mm. and just be like, okay, what's happening? Yeah. Right, let's talk about your wellness. Because, like I said, movement is a small puzzle piece in a huge jigsaw. And for a lot of women, it's not actually about moving. It's about a stressful spouse, a job. It's about some traumatic event in the past. A lot of... um, Women that I've worked with in the past who have um, eating disorders uh, are either as a result of um, being bullied as a kid or sexual assault mm. of some kind mm. um, when as they were growing up and develop, developing. Um, or it could be due to some form of uh, emotional trauma, uh, whether it's family-based or, you know, again, coming back down to bullying and, mm. and that kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I... It's the big of, picture, yeah. right? It's exactly. looking at it all, the big and picture. I can't, like, I can't help them deal with that mm. um, from, on a very psychology level. Like, mm. I would have to, you know, for me, I refer. But um, at least I know the fact that it's there. And I'm able to also you know, do a little bit of positive psychology and say to them, okay, imagine you were that, 
little girl, what would you say to her to help her calm down, to help mm. her deal with that situation? Right. And we all have our little skeletons in the closets or demons and all of that. And that's also a question that, you know, I frequently ask myself, especially when I look at my daughter, mm. who's 22 months. Um, I always say that, OK, if I'm a stressed out mother, what am I going to be to my daughter? You know, what do I look like in this 22 year month old kids eyes mm. right like am I on the edge all the time like ah, yeah ah, right and no it's not it's not a good look and Mm-mm. I don't want her to think oh mummy's always busy or mummy's always on her phone mm-hmm. or mummy's always angry yeah um and yeah and it's 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 sometimes not about the movement I see this a lot in young mums new mums or mums of um more than two mm-hmm. right especially if there's you know there's uh there's three three kids all like two to three years apart like it is a it's a zoo yeah right and being the zookeeper is not <laughs> it's not a good my mum's three under three oh and the oldest of three three oh under God. three can you believe that she needs a trophy yeah <laughs> and she had a husband as well oh, yeah exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> right it's like three under three plus a big baby <laughs> You know, moving, moving could be just an outlet, mm. right? So, you know, when you go to PT school, you do a PT course, whatever, they always talk about body composition, body composition, body composition, strength, 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 yeah. right? No, none of the courses deal with inner strength. Mm. I, or, like the, the strength that we don't even think that we have. That, that Not I think just women physical, really need. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Because if they have, if they are empowered, they can empower themselves to do something that's whether it's taking a leap to do something new mm-hmm. or to lift something off the ground mm-hmm. great yeah. and anyone you know on this podcast will who deadlifts would know this is that you know when you walk up to the bar you have to believe that you can lift it mm. in order for the bar to even move <laughs> if you didn't if you just looked at the bar and went yeah no way yeah. right that's why I always lie to my clients what's on the bar I'd be like, yeah, I'm like, you lifted this last week. Come on. You did it before. You can do it again. (laughs) Well, that's an interesting approach. (laughs) It's all about what's in our head, right? Yeah, exactly. You will not believe the number of people who just lift PRs when I tell them, like, you did it last week. You're joking. Oh, my God. That's genius, actually. (laughs) I love that. Okay, so number three was that you said sport has given you a perspective when it comes to overcoming challenges and perceiving obstacles in your life. And I really like the word perceiving. I think it's a really interesting word because perceiving obstacles implies that before you think about how to kind of get around them, you sort of take a step back and think, what are you? What is this obstacle? You know, how am I going to approach it? So I love. Yeah. Um, So one of my... Current big obstacles is opening a gym for yeah. COVID. <laughs> what was like, current obstacle? One of them. Everyone's, everyone's like, gym. you're doing what? <laughs> I was like, COVID gym. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, not the time, really. <laughs> I know. Bless you. God, 2020. There is only one thing I have to really stress about, and um, still a big thing. It's cash flow, mm. but. 
I have my two hands, I have my two feet. Um, I have a really amazing supportive network. I've got a family behind me. Mm. Um, and I'm I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Like I have a roof over my head mm-hmm. in any way. If, it, if all that fails, I can still live at the gym. And I think <laughs> it's how we look at success yeah. and failure, right? Especially as women, I think we think a lot of things are failures and not many things are successes. Exactly. And it, it comes down to, you know, um, I suppose what what is truly happening. I mean, what what your what actually helps you to be fulfilled right, and happy, that should be your measure of success over what things look like. Right. I mean, on my social media, I'm very much like, OK, look, this is motherhood. Mm-hmm. I'm a mom. I'm a stepmom. Mm-hmm. Right. There are some moments that are absolutely beautiful. And then there's other moments where you're up shit creek mm. and you're you're tearing your hair Without out and them. you're, you know, and yeah. And, and you're going, wow, you know, how did I get myself in this mess? Mm-hmm. Right. But then you, you take a step back and you go, hang on a second. Um, you know, one of the things that I had was having that entire family in a house or in a Hong Kong apartment um, and where and our place is actually not that small it, it's nice it's able we can fit the kids you know but we're still on top of each other mm-hmm. and we were going mad because um, because we, we we were at the at, you know playgrounds are closed there are no activities so all the kids were at home nobody wants to send your kids over or we were we didn't want any play dates and and yeah, so you mm. end up being twenty four seven. But then, was that really bad? No, because we actually had family time. Yeah, it's together, right? and and that's that's great. Mm-hmm. So no, we're not living through this alone or um, without a home or without roof on a head, without funding, without mm-hmm. all of that. So no, twenty twenty is yes, it's far COVID year, but yeah. um, we're doing okay, and I don't have that. Um, you know, one after the other implosion of every single facet of my life, which mm-hmm. pretty much what happened in 2015. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can... Yeah. I think it's as we're looking at ourselves and how we react to things and trying to work out why we react to certain ways to certain things, right? But I think as women, we have... I think our understanding of success as women is wrong because I think the world tells women what the successful woman oh, yeah. looks like and it's not real I don't yeah. think it's real Absol- absolutely I mean you're supposed to be some sort of high-heeled wearing powerful executive but still wear an apron and be able to look after you know multiple children and somehow have them all behave and, and always be smile all, don't yeah. as well yes exactly and you're not allowed to cuss and you know and, and it's it's ridiculous I'm sorry mm. but the reality is is that yes Women have periods. Whoa! <laughs> Women cuss. <gasps> we also fart, guys. Now I can believe you. <laughs> right. And sometimes we like to sit on a couch with, you know, no high heels on. <laughs> 
and put our feet out and just go like, Ugh. yeah, <laughs> right? Uh-huh. <laughs> There's just impossible standards set yeah. for what we're supposed to be like, you know? It's like, and they're always so contradicting as well. It's like, be on your own, be independent, but make sure you have a child before this age. Make sure you get married, you know? It's like, yeah. look this way, buy this product, but don't look too overdone. <laughs> do this, do that. It's like, <laughs> just be you. It's yeah. actually fine. And mm-hmm. it's, it is disappointing that brands out there are also putting this, you know, putting this out. I mean, um, you know, there there was a there's a major brand here that was like, oh, sorry, we can't be our ambassador because you swear too much. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but it's not like I'm walking out. I'm I'm not saying it's on my social media like, <laughs> screw you guys, like, you know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not doing a Trump-worthy um, <laughs> Twitter account, yeah. right? It's more like, guys, you know, um, you know, f- fuck keto, cut, fuck keto diets for women long term, mm. right? You are not. So if you're breastfeeding, do not go on an ultra low carb, no carb <laughs> diet. You are breastfeeding, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, you know. It, you have to, yeah, you have to feed your baby. Mm-hmm. You cannot feed your baby if you can't even feed yourself, mm-hmm. right? So it, it's, um, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying screw body image, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what's screwing with all the women in the world. Mm. The fact that we need to look a certain way, have a certain proportion. I mean, you can, you know, um, some models as well. I mean, there, there's uh, someone um, in sent me a message the other day saying that oh there's I have a client who's uh who's a model she's just given birth she's three months postpartum and her agency says that she has to get back to whatever size she was before ASAP otherwise she's not going to get any work oh my goodness right and I'm sorry but no that is, <laughs> yeah <laughs> Hell no, and that's why. Yeah, but I mean, what kind of what kind of industry or world do we have these days where everything has to be a certain size, right? Um, Any type of body, but just worn with confidence, is beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's sexy, Mm -hmm. right? There's nothing worse than someone with perfect proportions, but is always looking at the ground. You know, sort of er all the the body images. Rather, the body's all sort of like crunched in like a pretzel Mm. and just shy. Mm. Like that's not sexy, right? But if you walk around like and and I go, and this is one thing I say to um, people who deadlift Mm -hmm. and women in general. When in doubt, tits out. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Just stand tall. Mm. It's simple. Mm -hmm. And you have immediate change in what how someone perceives you. Oh, I think confidence is the best thing we can wear. But it's it it is that and that's why I swear it's because I'm frustrated. Mm -hmm. I'm a tired angry mother slash women's empowerment person it's like don't tell women to stand down <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah it's like a, uh what you said in your ted talk you said it a few times that um i am enough and i think women need to hear that more yeah. that we are we don't need to chase after these unrealistic expectations and, yeah. but we constantly are wanting to be something else I guess yeah. a lot of the time especially in how we look and you know we need to hear that I am enough more yeah but I mean it's um what what I would encourage everyone to do is to just spend a day 
and whatever wherever you are however you are you tell yourself i'm enough and literally stand tall the whole day like you know tits out tall <laughs> and it is a game changer yeah i've tried it with a few clients and they're, they're like wow this makes me feel better immediately because it's it's all in that, um, you know, that Carol Dwight, uh, I think it's Dwight, um, you know, the power pose, mm-hmm. right? The arms out, the dopamine sort of pose. And it, it is a, it is a little bit about that, but we do need a little bit of dopamine. Mm-hmm. You know? And get it from your posture and how you carry yourself as opposed to social media. Mm, how many likes right. you get, yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Oh my gosh, amazing. Well, you've done so, so, so much. And obviously you're doing the gym and you're a (sighs) mum. What is it? My last question. What is your next big goal? What's next on the achievement list? Okay. (laughs) How fast did that come? Have you seen that thing? It's like on social media. It's like, oh, uh, what what is something you want to try in the bedroom? And the reply is eight hours of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that and, and a full weekend off. Oh yeah. Like a full week and <laughs> No, I love it or your yeah. job. <laughs> oh, everything. <laughs> Actually my, my dream goal right now is to be able to get to Phuket for a training weekend. Oh. Without kid, without partner. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it, it might seem like you might think I'm crazy, but actually on the impossible scale right now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Yeah, my partner's half French. Uh. Yeah, he's very needy. Oh, I was just thinking, like, where's the link there between you not being able to I don't know, maybe, maybe the French, French listeners really can tell me, because he's like, oh, French people do not do uh, girls' weekends away or boys' weekends away. I'm like, oh, I do not have the French girls being needy. I don't know, mine is. Maybe <laughs> maybe it's not even French, maybe it's just him. But he, he definitely says, like, you know, in France, like because I don't know anything about France. Yeah. Um, yeah, because no, I'm from Australia, so he's always like, oh, in France we don't do that. And I was like, oh. Like in, in Australia, women leave their partners for six months on end. It's a thing. Look it up. He's <laughs> like, oh, that's a very Anglo-Saxon thing to do. <laughs> that's a very French thing to say. <laughs> I really hope he doesn't listen to this. I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> Well, listen, thank you so much for your time today. There was so much we could have talked about and got into, but I, I appreciate the wisdom and experience oh, that you shared. Thank you so much You're for having welcome. me. You're welcome. Many times.